Welcome to Hardcover Hooligans. I'm Danilo. Uh, Mac. Yeah. So you've been texting me constantly about how you think the Lord really did nothing <laughs> wrong. Would you care to yeah. elaborate on that? Uh, yeah, he didn't do a single goddamn thing wrong because apparently he sees... Uh... They should never have killed him. What a foolish decision. They doomed the world. Who could, have, who could have seen that coming except for anybody who's read a book? Well, uh, we will get into that. Yeah. So uh, this week we finished Mistborn, The Final Empire, which is the first book in the Mistborn trilogy, which encompasses parts four, five, and the epilogue. Aptly, aptly named, too. I was curious... Because the first one's not called Star Wars Rebellion, right? I was like, well, I wonder right. why uh, it, this one is just called The Final Empire. Because I didn't... I, in the first episode, I was like, man, I'd love to see them take down The Final Empire. But I did not really think that was going to happen. That That is exactly what happens in the first book. Yeah, so we ended with um, the the big... Well, well here, here's what we'll do. Was we'll sort of go through it beat by beat, what we read, and then talk about it as a whole. Just so we're not yeah. getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, sure. Um, so we finished with uh, the big tragedy at the garrison, which even just saying that, from what happens in these two parts, and it's like the shortest part we've read, so much happens. <laughs> it feels like yeah, 10 years I know. ago. I know. Oh, wait. Uh, before we get started in this, uh, I did not listen to this part. I did oh, okay. read it with my eyes on my e-reader and accidentally... It froze, and I just started pressing the screen and accidentally bought the next one. And really? I was trying to... Yeah, so part of uh, this reading experience, it felt like I was fighting my own Lord Ruler. I'm trying to cancel this purchase and read the book. And <laughs> and, in, and in your metaphor, the Lord Ruler is Jeff Bezos, right? Yeah, yes, correct. Or whoever owns Barnes & Noble. Uh, I could could be a Nook. I, oh, yeah, I guess Kindle. you're right. You're right. Who knows? We don't know. We don't know we don't until know. we get sponsored. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Though and. Though if any billionaire has Lord Ruler energy, it's Jeff Bezos. Anyway, all right. So they're all sitting around talking about the plan and how now there is no plan because the army has failed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then we get our first taste of the executions and they all go to watch because it feels like they feel like it's their fault. And uh, it is. Yeah, had this not... Um, so this book takes place over the course of eight months, I think. Um, there's a part where Vin in this section is like, oh, eight months ago, I didn't even know what Allomancy is. Yeah. Have there been no executions in eight months? I thought they I think so. kind of happened all the time. Like a regular... Maybe not this many people, but I thought it was pretty regular. I don't know. I don't think any like public executions like that are... I mean, they're not mentioned. I think, like, the people in the story know they happen regularly, but... I could have just made that up, too, but I swear I thought that it's, like, a thing that happens, but maybe I'm wrong about maybe that. Maybe they did mention them, but we haven't, we haven't like, seen them. But, like, th these are the ones where, like, it is a direct result of the Rebel Army that they created. Um, and we find out that Vin's dad is the Pope. Yeah, he is the Pope. Yeah, he's, he's bad news. Yeah. Uh, thank God she picked him out in a crowd. Although it doesn't really matter or come up again or is important. I mean, it is a, it is important. Right at the end. But he is, yeah, literally in the last, like, five pages of the, before the epilogue. Well, and it explains why she's so powerful. Because, like, he's, like, the most, quote-unquote, purebred, uh, like, obligator who has the, the, the allomancy powers. But he's not a misborn. 
Isn't he? Or is he? I think well, he is. he's a purebred, but we don't ever see him do magic. No, we don't. He get he gets stabbed a little quickly, I think, before he can start yeah, using his own Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so this is the first time we get a taste of the Lord Ruler. He shows up in a really edgelord, uh, pitch black carriage. Yeah, super he sure ominous. Does. And we get like the huge wave of just emotional almancy that just wipes out everyone's emotions and it's super depressing the executions oh, happen oh, sorry here we get another reminder that uh i don't get why nobody believes her even though obviously kelsier can feel it too but that she she is being affected even with her copper on oh yeah because the lord ruler does it but i guess they don't i don't think they know or like understand that like it's alamancy Right, but Kelsier does. And you have to assume that Kelsier feels it. So then why is Kelsier like, that can't happen? Like, yeah. you're there yeah. too. <laughs> I wonder if it's, <laughs> if, I, if, I was gonna, if I was going to explain this away, it's like, sure. I would assume it's like, a bl- it's like a blind spot. You know, it's like, oh, he's like a different thing entirely. So he doesn't follow the rules in any way. Therefore, that's sort of like, he's yeah. the exception. Yeah. Well, no, I I don't mean why. It's just I don't understand why Kelsier doesn't believe Vin. It's happening. It happened to him too, unless he doesn't notice. I mean, we don't really get. To be fair, we don't get uh, Kelsier's perspective when that stuff is happening, and he doesn't comment on it because he could just be really that depressed all the time. So he doesn't know when it's the Lord Ruler or when it's a. But that is also never mentioned. But that's how I would probably write this off. But it's just something I noticed. I was like, really? Okay. Well, the executions happen, you know. This all this this stuff's like a big deal at the time when you're reading it, but like we have like the end to talk about, so it's like yeah, yeah executions happen. But then Kelsier's like, we're gonna keep going the plan. It's actually all going according to plan because the garrison has you know yeah. distracted. He's like, I brought you here to show you this on purpose. It would have the opposite effect on me. I think I'd be like, I am fucking out. I <laughs> don't want to end up like that. I don't want to keep doing that to people. Just random no. people are going to die. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think it's important that it's just random people. Yeah, it's not the... It is specifically not the friends and family of the Rebellion. It is just Ska that have been rounded up um, and are being brought to execution. And I think we're supposed to feel that the Lord Ruler here is being uh, evil. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting that he he doesn't get out of his carriage here. And I was like, oh, maybe the Lord Ruler is not a real guy. Because we haven't seen him yet yeah. either. Kelsier has, but what the... F- I mean, he could be lying. I don't know. He's uh, like an ob- he's like three obligators in a trench coat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a misrate. A chondro. Ooh, Ooh, he could be Actually, a chondro. kind of is. And then we learn about the last metal, which is gold, which is very confusing and strange. You get to see a past version of yourself if things turned out differently. Um, yeah, useless except for the ending of this book. <laughs> it is useless except for the reason that they all need to have two, so obviously the 11th medal needs to have gold. And it's so, like, I don't know, with this part of the story, like, I guess, yes, if there's a future medal, then I guess there should be a past medal. And yeah, I, but it's not. It, it's it is nothing. the most soft, <laughs> magic y part of this very hard magic system, which is why I always felt it was yeah. weird. And I'm just like, okay, fine. There's a 12th. Oh, there's a, yeah, there's a, there's a couple more. Oh, yeah, that's true. There's one that Vin does not ever remark on it, but she does eat a medal that takes away all of her medal, and it doesn't occur to her that that's another medal. She's like, yep. I guess there's just these 12. And I'm like, what about the one you <laughs> ate? What about that one? <laughs> 
There's a lot. There's a lot going on. And so they they meet with Marsh. We learn about the soothing stations, and that's what I was talking about the first episode. Like, there's a lore magic reason why the scar, yeah. why the scar, like comically beat down. There's almost that line. Like Vin is like, they are hilariously depressed. It's almost like that verbatim, and she's mm-hmm. like, I always wondered why. If that makes sense. So that yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking about. Um, there's a there's another ball, but this one is a little different. Wait, no, that's later. There's too many. There's too many balls. The, the there's l- a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is where you find out where House Venture mines the adium for the Lord Ruler. Oh yeah, yeah. That's at this ball because uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Ellen is the dumbest human being in the whole world and just spills every secret to a woman <laughs> he's met three times. But you know, he just feels like he can trust her. You know. Yeah, I guess. Isn't he supposed to be like a philosopher king? And he's like the <laughs> dumbest guy in the universe. Him and Hammond would get along really well, I think. Well, you were telling me how you were like, the the second section, you're like, none of the characters are doing it for you except Ellen. And you're like, it's probably because we haven't gotten to POV. And then we and we got our first <laughs> POV of Ellen. And so... When he, it switched... There's like there's a page break, and then it's like, Ellen walked to his... I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> and I think that... Um, it's fine. I don't think yeah, it, yeah. I think he is just about the same and we don't learn too much about him in like inner monologue than he hasn't already said out loud. He doesn't have like a he does he's not like Kelsier where he's doing cringe comedy and he's not like Vin <laughs> where he's always she's always talking about being betrayed. Like he doesn't have like a a really repetitive thing that get annoys me, so it was all right. And it only happens like twice. Yet. <laughs> yeah, yet. Yeah, and he's not like a, a annoying philosopher like Ham. Yeah, this, yeah, he's an idiot. A stone, you know, that's like stone or like, what if this is all how it's meant to be, man? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> um, and Ellen's dad hates him and wishes he was dead. Yeah, it's really funny. What a terrible dad. Like, uh, just a truly... A very like ripped out of a children's book, evil dad, evil yeah. stepmother kind of situation going on here. And his, I, I love the name Straff. Like that's so, oh, that's, that's awesome. such an evil name. <clears throat> yeah, I imagine cool. him as Charles Dance, who plays oh, yeah. who plays Tywin <laughs> yeah, Lannister yeah, yeah. in Game of Thrones. Absolutely, like that's that's him. Um, and then uh, Ellen gets some spies to follow. Uh, Wait a minute, Finn. you're right. And Ellen is Tyrion. He not in. stature but in attitude and uh disposition toward his father and house yeah we're looking to clarify uh ellen is tall (laughs) yeah ellen is tall and he loves to read and he went to brigham young university (laughs) i mean i mean uh the the misborn mormon one the misborn one (laughs) yeah um well yeah so ellen so one of ellen's friends thinks Vin is a spy uh he spies on her uh and that is important because that affects what happens later yeah, there's a there's a line here that says uh, he ran his fingers through his hair, which was probably contributing to his baldness. And I stopped dead in my tracks and researched thoroughly. If <laughs> you run your hands through your hair enough, you can go bald. That is true. Oh my god! Wait, who is this? This is not Ellen. This is like his friend, no, no, it's right? Jesty Sir no, his name yeah. is. It's the guy with the pipe. And I was like, I think the hair loss has more to do with the, his tobacco addiction than his running <laughs> his hands through his hair. But or it's you know with all the ash going around in this world, like everyone has cancer. Like, <laughs> yeah, I I thought that would be cool for them to like. There's 
like the sun is obviously being blocked out so these people they might have like vitamin d deficient oh, diseases most certainly. and stuff like that but none of that's ever touched on we're too busy doing uh magic lessons but you know they get enough uh they get enough iron supplement you know oh, oh yeah they do so they get the map from marsh of all the soothing stations vin reads the end of the lord ruler's book and Vin's like, wait, this is how it ends? It ends before it's good. Books are dumb. I, I hate reading. I know. She's so stupid. I couldn't believe it. She's like, Sazen, what are you talking about? It's <laughs> over. Like, yeah, people finish books, Wait, bro. when are you like, going to finish with the translation? He's like, I'm, he's like, and this idiot sitting here do, doing yeah. the dishes? He has stuff to translate. Like, no, yeah. it's done, and it's, Vin. <laughs> and it is at this moment where I was like, I think he died. I was like, <laughs> it's so... The blog book is like... Well, I'm traveling with a big creep who hates me. <laughs> and then he just stops writing in his diary. And I was like, oh, I wonder what happened. I've been I've, I've been sleeping and I wake up and this, <laughs> this creepy Pac-Man is, uh, you know, standing above me with a knife. Just sharpening yeah. it. Always talking about how much he hates me. And I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's so funny then to think that. The Lord Ruler put the logbook. He's like, put it in a special room. Like, why? Why wouldn't you destroy it? I don't understand. He he has... The Lord Ruler is not the smartest man. No, he's really dumb. And the way he dies is really, really stupid. Um, Which is funny because that keeps coming up in the rest of the series. Like, the fact that he was just a dude who, like, stumbled upon this stuff and did not make the best decisions... Yeah, that's funny. Says I love I love this quote when says it's talking to Kelsher where he says, you know, our belief is strongest when it should be weakest. That's the nature of hope. I think it's the closest this book comes to having a a, a theme or a take or an idea, and I thought it was nice. And it also uh, on my e-reader uh, in books it will highlight for you the most highlighted sections. Oh and yeah, it was this whole part, and really? I was like. I was like, I knew, yeah, obviously, because it's the only part in this book that would be worth highlighting <laughs> if you were to highlight any of it. That, the only one that's like a like an idea about something external to itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's, you know, especially in the context of like these people just lost everything, but they still believe. I thought that was cool. Yeah. I thought the book was getting good. And I, uh, I was right, man. I kind of like just this beginning part of the this next part. Uh, when they're down, because it brings the, everybody back down, they got to climb up again. Yep, I thought that was I thought that was cool. Well, and I felt like this, you know, especially now here, because like after this, then they go to that ball at Keep Venture, and that's sort of where you know shit starts happening and stuff start rolling, and it really is just like pure plot from here to the end. Yeah, and it makes you question. Like, I really once that ball happens and vin fights shan i was like i want you could probably cut out about 250 pages from this book and it, i would have the same emotional reaction to this fight right now like there nothing would be different well it's the i mean it's the whole thing we talked about before about the alamancy tutorials it's like i don't know what people are afraid of like we could have just found we if you cut out all the alamancy tutorials we would have just figured out how all this stuff worked based on when it while it was being used. Like Vin could have yeah. been like, "Oh, Breeze told me to do this." Like it even we could have included all that stuff that happened in the Almancy tutorials, but just like offhand in action, you know. You know what's interesting about that is uh, in the 
prologue for The Way of Kings, that's exactly what happens. Is that you just get magic happening and you understand what's happening because of the... He can, like, change gravity. And and there's no lesson where somebody teaches... What's that guy's name? Is his name Seth? Yeah, (laughs) Seth. There's nobody... uh, There's no part of the book where Seth learns how to do it. Because you can just do it. Um, I, I think I came to this conclusion... Or this... Not conclusion. This idea when I was reading. I wonder if he had to make iron push... Or iron pull and steel push so repetitive because that sentence sounds like you can only push steel and pull iron and that's yeah. not what's happening yep. it's the metal allows you to pull metal it's and not i still just get that, that confused kind of too anytime too. anytime they say iron pull and steel push, like you can just leave it to push and pull and i was thinking about this too like do they have to capitalize every instance of push and i pull? know and I, mean, I guess like i'm like i see how it'd be confusing or like an editor would be like, you know, our readers aren't used to this kind of thing. Speaking of words, man, Brandon Sanderson's favorite word is maladroitly. A really? word I have never heard in my whole life. It's in this book probably twenty-seven <laughs> times. I I must have totally canceled out, canceled it out because I don't uh, I don't remember reading that word. I, every time, every time I heard it or read it, I was like, oh. I was like, you can just say a different word. I, I know you're smart. Um, maybe maybe from now on we can keep a maladroitly count because I know authors have fun little phrases and I think that's always it's always fun to and I think there's like a, there's like a you know authors get to use their favorite words or phrases you know once every I believe at most once every chapter sometimes an author does it like twice in two pages and I'm like no 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 buddy we just I just read yeah. that <laughs> I just read yeah, that word I agree. man. <laughs> Brandon Sanderson also says the word directly a lot. He slashed directly into him, or his leg was directly underneath him. And it's like, I feel like, it's really interesting reading stuff like that, because it feels like, like, oh, that's how, like, I write. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> I well, that's like, the, that. that's the whole the road to hell is paved in adverbs writing advice <laughs> yes and like those oh are adverbs my <laughs> god brandon Sanderson. she said uh darkly I, if i had the <laughs> amount of time for people glare shrugged silently how do you shrug loudly <laughs> what the fuck well i have i think part of my experience reading the books is like it is almost skimming because if I oh, yeah. spend too much time on any one sentence, I'm just going to confuse myself trying to imagine it. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like, how did, like, what tone of voice would you have to say to say something darkly? Like, I sort of, like, read the sentence, understand the emotional tone that is trying to be conveyed based on the adverb, and just move on with my life. Like, I don't spend yeah. time thinking about, like, how would it sound if this were happening in front of me? And I'm like, I go crazy. There, it, because there's parts in this book where it does just say he said, she said, and it's like we. This could be the whole book. You never need to use if you have to use the descriptor word. This is like a Kurt Vonnegut and Stephen King kind of thing. If you have to, and Stephen King uh, says that he never uses adverbs. I've read a shit ton. See, he does all the time. <laughs> but uh, uh, if you have to use like a word like that, like quiet like she said quietly you're written the sentence poorly yeah because exactly. i should be able to know that that's what happened or like in context 
it should make sense. Just say she whispered. You don't have to say shit like she whispered quietly. <laughs> like, yeah, no fucking shit she whispered quietly. She was uh, whispering, but she was really yelling. She thought she was whispering, but she was really yelling. Yeah, everybody was so embarrassed. Everybody heard me. <laughs> anyway. So now here's where the important ball happens at Keep Venture. Yes. And Vin is like, oh, what a fun ball. And everything's really tense and awkward. And it turns out that this is the last ball for a while because everyone sort of knows that there's going to be a house war pretty fucked up i'm surprised anybody came yeah or or wait hang on wait don't they learn it do they learn that they learn it at the ball don't they and they arrived late yeah that's what happened they arrived yeah, late. The, yeah and they didn't know that i imagine they got word that it was the last ball at the beginning and so then they made their uh allegiance is known yeah and that rat bastard ellen breaks up with vin <laughs> in a, in, big breakup yeah it's so it's kind of a funny scene i'm gonna be totally honest <laughs> where he's like he's like it, it's just really this is like a ya romance novel oh completely like, well it's also funny because that ends up being almost my favorite part of the book <laughs> yeah i know me too like these balls like it's great you show up at the ball and you're like oh this is another one and then you're like what what's going on who know and like yeah because this is the part of the book where stuff happens this is the only sections of the book where people aren't doing tutorials or having thief meetings. <laughs> well, the plan takes a year. We had lots of time. We have so much time on oh, our hands. Oh, man. <laughs> we got more. Re- we're, busy with recruit- we're busy with recruiting meetings. Then I want to see that. <laughs> I want to see that and have it not be a lesson. No, but they're all boring. They're all just like the oh. one that Kelsier went to. It's Breeze in the back. Oh, yeah. And there's like, oh, the lady with the red means to make them angry or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. It's so stupid. I mean, it's, you know. It's fine. <laughs> I think it's stupid. <laughs> this is also where we found out where that uh, the woman named Lady Cliss is not actually a gossip. She's actually very smart and uses her information for good purposes. Yeah, which I was really confused about this part because I was like, I feel like the court gossip would just also do that, leverage her gossip for information. So yeah. it took me a while to realize that I'm like, oh no, th- she's done like a heel turn. Like she's a carrot. She's revealed herself to be evil. Well, look, we all assume. Yeah, the turn is like, oh, we all assumed she was just. A gossip. Or no, I guess not we all. Vin assumed Vin. that. Which I guess sort of puts into perspective. Where like, you know, if you spend two seconds in a court in a court, you're like, oh the person who talks a lot is probably doing that for a reason, you know? Yeah, because it's literally what she's doing. She's spreading misinformation. I just don't get why that was so surprising. So I think it's surprising to Vin, which was which I think I originally was like, Well, yeah, duh. Yeah. But you know, I guess from <laughs> yeah, the point of view of Vin. Vin, it kinda makes more sense. That's true, I guess. But she's uh she's got the she's got the uh, inside scoop on uh on poor uh, Ellen Venture. <laughs> the the inside scoop on just how much Straff Venture hates his son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. To he is so Straff Venture is uh has paid to have his son killed in his own home by his former fiance. Does does he think that he's uh not going to get the finger pointed at him? So I think the I don't there must have been a sentence about this of like what the play is. Oh I, sure. I think I think he did it through channels that wouldn't have made it obvious that it was him or or in some way where like it would benefit both House Venture and House Alario, who assassinates him, to, like, do that. 
You know, because I guess they were, aren't they allies? And then, so, okay, so if one of them kills him, maybe frames another house, and then that's an excuse to, like, do more. I guess. I don't know. Something like, there's something like that. Well, you know, she, he needs to get assassinated so that we can have a cool action scene. Well, and I, I always really like this sort of stuff where I feel like, even though I've read these books, like, it does, Sanderson does a good job of, like, catching you off guard with, like, oh, you think... This is just, you know, this is going to be normal or expected. And then all of a sudden, it's like this the whole other stakes are different. Like, I like that with, like, the army of, like, oh, now something's, like, unexpected yeah. is happening. And same with this. Like, it comes out of nowhere. Like, you know, Ellen Venture is getting murdered now. And then so yeah. we have to, like, deal with it. Yeah, I did like that. Um, but Vin successfully kills Shan uh, Ilarial, who was the assassin. Yeah, by doing easily. An, by doing an ADM fake out, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. That's like a fun Sanderson detail where, like, you know, you have the magic system and you're like, okay. And then, but you find these cool ways to use it where she, like, lets the, she turns it off to make it, th- to make Shan think that she's out. And then she jumps in, lets her guard down, and she turns it on again and kills her. Yeah, she does. It's like one of those things where people in uh, relation to Star Wars are always like, how come they don't just turn their lightsabers on and off again when they're fighting to, like, surprise each other? And it's like, shut shut up. (laughs) But in a a case like this, I thought that was cool where... Because I would have never thought to do that. Yeah. Um, Because you could do that with any... You could do that with all of your medals and really fuck people up like that. I thought that was cool. There are a couple other things that happen we'll talk about that I like that are, like... um fun allomancy touches which again then the question is like are the tutorials necessary for us no. to understand to understand how cool like the cool details because i think there's like i think and i see the philosophy where it's coming from as well like in order for them to understand the cool flourish they need to have a very good understanding of the baseline yeah i guess i disagree the extent that maybe readers yeah. need an understanding <laughs> of the baseline um, also, the cool stuff that happens because we know in detail what's going on does not, they're not equivalent. I would be fine taking the cool stuff out if it meant the tutorials were gone. Well, and it doesn't, I guess it also doesn't feel as cool if we're like, you know, he's flying through the air doing crazy shit. Like, if he's doing that and we like, we're like, whoa, how's he doing that? And we get like sort of spoon fed little bits of like how that's working. Like, that yeah. could be cool instead of, okay, we got it all at once. So now we have perfect understanding. And I guess that comes back to the thing where I think a lot of readers, or I guess the target audience, like some people are uncomfortable at any point not understanding what's going on. Or like there's some sort of tr- critical mass of at some point, if there's too much that people don't understand, that's what's not going on they're going to check out and quit and you know i think part of the reason is that a lot of that i think is in this book so that when characters don't know what's going on it's a big deal but in my opinion a character can just not know what's going on but they know the rules so that they're because it's not important it it's not incredible to me that they don't understand that there's like more to allomancy than they understand because i just assume i'm like yeah like we don't know everything about science right we don't know everything so it's weird to do all these lessons to reinforce the fact that they know they still don't know everything. I just feel like the same, it could have been accomplished without all that needless bullshit. Some guy on Reddit, shout out to him, described it literally best. This entire book feels like waiting for a train to arrive. Like it's not (laughs) exciting and it's not 
uh, it's just like, fuck, this train is taking a long time. And you're relieved <laughs> to see the train, but it's not like a train and then you get to like, it's your surprise birthday party on the train. No, it's just a train and you go home. It's just you're finally, yeah, and I think that's probably why, like, any sort of relief you get in this last part, we're like, okay, finally stuff is like picking up and like happening in a way that is engaging. It's just, yeah, it's just because the rest of it was so unengaging. It's just, yeah, it's just because we've been starved for so long that finally something, you're like, oh, thank God. Yeah, which, you know, that's a, it's a, it's an idea in pro wrestling where people say, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how good the show is. It just matters how you leave them. That's true. Like a lot of pay-per-views, you know, will be like fucking four hours long and they're kind of boring and then the last bit is like the coolest craziest shit you've ever seen and so then you you go to your friends and you say it was the best pay-per-view i've ever seen because it's like the freshest thing in your mind and that's my hypothesis for this book is that people are like this is really good i'm like no no, no. i think you're totally right as i think it's you no, you just finished reading it and yes i will admit the payoffs come very quickly and in cool interesting ways we're like whoa you know that yeah. was that was crazy, um, but after the assassination or the attempt at assassination, Vin has an outburst at Kelsier when she like comes in from the thing. Yeah, fucking finally put that fucking dickhead in his place. Which was like great. That would have been great if that happened like halfway through. Or she just called them all noblemen without titles. I thought that was cool. Again, the, a, approaching a point of view on something, <laughs> but. She apologizes for it, and Kelsier's like, "Oh, people say dumb stuff all the time." And I was like, you just, you just did, a, you just. <laughs> well, and you just had a high emotional thing, so I understand why yeah. you, a teenage girl, would be all worked up. You know, I could not believe that they don't talk about it. They just talk about other shit, man. Oh, right, we'll get, we'll talk about, we'll talk about uh, the quote unquote themes uh, at the end when we get there. Um... And now Vin and Kelsey are like, now's a great time to go uh, meet Marsh again. And instead of Marsh, they find a big pile of blood and guts. I was so excited. I was like, yeah. no more Marsh seeds. I was like, yes. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh, they don't uh, check the body, though. <laughs> or like, there's no, is there no discernible features of the corpse anymore? I don't know. I think it's just blood. And then they're like, Oh, they he could still be here, and then they leave. Oh, was that? Oh, I I thought there was a body. No, there there I think there was a body, or there are pieces of a body. Oh, okay. And it's revealed later that I think there's pieces of several bodies, and I think they were just there, emotional moment. Oh, they could still be here. This is fresh. Vin grabs the map, and then they get out of there. Right, but no, uh, no, no corpse of Marsh. Really, we don't see him die, so that's a. That's a rule, you know. If you don't see the character die, don't count him out. And then Kelsey gets so mad that he goes and destroys the pits of Hathseen. Yeah, just d- why didn't they just do that first? Yeah. You could have done that the whole time. It was so easy. Well, I think that was what well, that wasn't even part of the original plan. I think I well, here, here's what I think. I think Kelsier was going to do that eventually. Yeah. But if you if the idea was always to plunge them into a house war, just do that. Like I don't get why you didn't do that fucking first. I guess that's a timing thing because they wanted to do the house war at the time when the garrison was gone. Oh, so yeah, so would have caused the most chaos. They, they had they had to like time it well. So I think that was sort of the thing. But he didn't. He did at no point uh, say that he was planning on doing something like that. 
Well, I guess also to argue with myself, he, the a big part of the plan is to control the production of Atium. Yeah. And you can't do that if you blew it all up. But it was just the reaction of the, the crew when he does blow it up that I, they seem really hype. So I was like, oh, you should have just done that from the beginning. But I guess they did just lose. They took a huge L, so... Well, I guess maybe... Well, I don't really know how no one put together... I guess no one uh, put together that that is something they could do. Because isn't... Kelsey is the only one who survived the mines. But I thought that was a cool... I mean, I also liked sort of the emotional moment of he has to go back there and, like, crawl through the stuff again. He, like, frees the guy. And, like, it starts with, like, the point of view of the guy who, like, just found one. Like, that's, that yeah. is a great start to a chapter. Like, I really like that. I thought it was a flashback, and I thought that was Kelsey's real name. Like, that was him. That would have been cool. But no, it's just a guy. It's just a guy named... What's his name? Raymond? <laughs> Did I make that up? <laughs> Raymond. I thought, it, I thought it's like Wayland or something. Oh, it's Wayland because he, he was reading it. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? This guy's name is Raymond? I couldn't remember. Raymond. <laughs> uh, so that's cool. All the, the pits are destroyed and all the adium for 300 years, I think he says, is now uh, going to be gone. Which makes the adium in that the Lord Ruler has even more valuable. Yeah, it sure does. Okay, this is where... So now more executions are going to happen. Here, this is this is where it all... This is where it ends. This is where it ends. All executions... There's more executions going to happen, and they're going to go watch, or some of them aren't, and then they realize that uh, Spook and Lord Renew are in the carriages. And then, so they jump into action and try to save them, but turns out it was a trap and more army more army people come out and also there's an inquisitor there the empire has got lord renew and spook and all of the servants and workers of you know house renew and then kelsier fights the inquisitor no i know but is this before or after uh, lord venture leaves the city i think this is after okay cuz if it's after then that means that uh Ellen is in control of House Venture in Luthadel. Oh, that's right. Um, and they have a conversation about that. I just don't remember when that happens. Well, they have a conversation after he's the assassination attempt. And that's when he's like, we're leaving. So you're coming with me. But the, yeah, so um, they got to they gotta save people. And Vin is like, what are you fucking crazy? And she's right to say that and have that opinion. And then Kelsey's like, what are you, some dumb fucking idiot who'd never had any friends growing up? Like, that's essentially <laughs> the line. And then... Uh, <laughs> They all say something like that to her, and then they just go and run. And it's there's such a funny visual. Kelsier is sprinting towards the bad guys, and Ham runs the opposite direction. And you're like, <laughs> I was like, what the hell? But he, he's going to go get the army. Luckily, Kelsier put that together and wasn't just like, what the yeah. fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate betrayal. <laughs> it was Ham all along. Yeah, Ham's the Lord yeah, Ruler. He's Lord Ruler. <laughs> no, he's definitely a Lord. He's definitely Lord Ruler apologist adjacent, but he is. He sir, he definitely is. So it's, I'm surprised he showed up again. He was like, "How about we just talk to these guys on Twitter?" I'm just, I'm just asking questions, guys. <laughs> it's not misinformation. I'm asking you. I don't know if the Lord Ruler is bad. I'm not telling you he's not. How do we know everything? Like we don't know everything about everything, you know? Yeah, I think you should be able to say whatever you want on Twitter. Like I don't know. <laughs> Kelsier fights the Inquisitor, and he's like, "It's on, baby!" And it's a big action movie moment. And they have a cool fight, and Kelsier ends up killing him by cutting his head off. And they're like, turns out this is the way you kill Inquisitors? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I Also, big spikes in the back of the head. Nobody ever thought to just nail him to something. Like, that seems really easy. Well, nobody, nobody thought of it because... Uh, 
it had to happen for this moment to be cool. Yeah. That's why. Oh, right. Yeah. And then he cuts off his head and Vin's like, that's how you kill them. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> that's how you cut off their heads. They die. Wait a minute, what? Does Sazed have a head? I know he doesn't have a penis. <laughs> what the hell's going on? Oh, I'm sorry, Sazed. I just had a weird thought. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Sazed. Um, sorry. <laughs> uh, but now we get to the end of part four where the Lord Ruler arrives and is incredibly ominous. That's right, baby. He The carriage comes up. He gets out. And he looks hot. He's a hot, yeah. pale guy in yeah. uh, a black and white, like, suit thing. Have you looked up pictures of, like, Art of Lord Ruler? No, I haven't. Should I? I'll look it up right now, actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here he is with the two uh, things being stabbed through him. Yeah. And then so what happens is, like, some some ska uh, soldiers rush at him. They're like, we're going to kill him. And he, they put... Two spears through his chest, and he's fine. Yeah, yeah, he's totally fine. Well, he gets one spear put through his chest, and then the guy's like, huh? And then grabs his buddies and does a second one in it. It's like, I don't know maybe, why you thought the second one was going to Maybe the second him. one will do it. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. dude, you're going to die. And and they do die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he sure does. Um, and then Kelsier and the Lord Ruler have a big face-off, and the Lord Ruler slaps Kelsier and, like, rips half his face off. Yeah, he pimp slaps him. And then the Lord Ruler takes the spear out of his own chest uh, and s- slams it into Kelsier's chest and kills Kelsier. Yeah, man, and I I popped hard for this. I was like, wait a minute, no more Kelsier and no more Marshall. Like, this book is getting <laughs> good, baby. <laughs> yeah, so what do you think? Like, that's always, that's like the big, one of the big twists of the book is that Kelsier d- dies. So I didn't, uh, it's been no secret that I'm not a fan of Kelsier, so it did not make me sad at all. Um, and got me excited because I was like, oh, it's so obvious Vin is the hero of ages and is going to be the leader <laughs> of this crew now. So I was like, finally, we get to focus on the character the book is about, like the series is about, and not this guy. Like, I so I didn't really care uh, I get that it was sad, but I, I was not a Kelsier. I'm not a Kelsier head, so... And also, no shit that happened. Well, I, I think it's one of those great, like, uh, I don't know. Like, I feel Sanderson is good at these, um, I don't know if they're, like, strictly emotional things, but, like, the sort of, oh, shit, what now moments, you know? Like, yeah, what certainly. now what? Now that, like, this big thing has changed that was so essential to, like, what the plan and what was going to happen, like, now what's going to happen? You know, and this yeah, is one of those moments true. too, where it's like a big like, oh, now what is this going to be about if it's not if he's not driving it? That's true. So I guess I was interested in like what the hell's going to happen next because at this point we're like thirty pages away from the end of the book. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, and this is where I really thought I was like, oh, like all the books are going to be about the Lord Ruler. Incorrect. Incorrect. Everything gets resolved in thirty pages. So now that is the end of part four and part five. Uh, everyone's sad, but this was actually Kelsier's plan all along. Yeah, it sure was. He leaves him a note and everything that's like, if you're reading this, that means I'm dead. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't believe it. Surprised it wasn't like a VHS. And he has a map. It's like, here's all your assignments. Well, she, uh, they, the characters are being sad or whatever. And then literally across the street, some guy's like, I think he's Jesus Christ. And then they start, uh, <laughs> a religion in front of their eyes. So convenient that right they were standing right there for that. And it's, uh, it's great that he also has, uh, you know, wounds on his arms 
just like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah, it's not so it, it it is uh well, you know, I was thinking about this right and I was like Brandon Sanderson is Mormon. I didn't do any research about this. Is there a Kelsier-like figure in the <laughs> Mormon mythology that he, he's supposed to be? I think it's I think it's Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, we and we can talk about this later. As I think, like you know, if this book has a take or an idea about something, I think it is sort of about you know religion, faith, and belief. You know, I don't know if it's a particularly subtle or interesting take. But I think that is what it is. But it's there, you know. Yeah. It has something to say about that. Yeah. I agree. It's, it's, I guess it's, I have a hard time believing that's all it took. Okay, so the reason people love Jesus, he, Jesus came back. Yeah. Well, no, and this is what happens. This is what happened. He doesn't come back because uh, the, the Chandra like reappears i forgot about that you're yeah. right and that's like you're the right. big it is just jesus oh my god it's jesus oh, is jesus christ a mystery i gotta tell <laughs> the pope about this the pope needs to know <laughs> the pope could be a, a pope's, pope's oh lord ruler oh my god he could be a pac-man that pa- <laughs> they call him pac-man <laughs> pac-man <laughs> eating the oh ghosts oh my god pope pac-man <laughs> pope needs his power pope He's the power pellet to eat the ghost. <laughs> Pope gets the cherry. <laughs> Dude, there's so much art. It's still open on here. If you just look up Lord Ruler art, all of the pictures are him being stabbed. <laughs> Twice. There's this kind of cool one where Kelsier and the Lord Ruler are facing off. Yeah, where the Lord Ruler just looks kind of bored. Throne room does not look as interesting as I imagined it. That's kind. Of, that's kind of how I pictured it, though, because it looks all like misty. That's how the window is described. I imagine the window's like a lot bigger. Oh, maybe you're looking at a different picture than I am. No, no, I'm talking about like in my head versus what I see. The, like the art is of the throne room. Yeah, none of this is canon. <laughs> Only what's in my head is canon. <laughs> I think Ben. I think Ben is gonna is gonna kiss uh, Ellen and uh, and they're gonna have a kid and his and he's gonna be the most power. Oh, wait a minute! Did I just talk? <laughs> I just accidentally stumbled upon the plot. Well, I guess we'll find out. But um, so Vin goes like, "I gotta kill the Lord Ruler," and everyone's like, "Okay, you do you, I guess." Um, and unsurprisingly, she gets captured immediately. Yeah, she says, uh, "Every empire needs a good assassin," and I said, are "These are the good guys." <laughs> I said, "What?" I mean, uh, you know, if you're gonna be in charge, people gotta die, and that's just what separates us from the Lord Ruler, huh? Yeah, I don't get... I think a better writer could make that a lot more interesting, but it really seems like I'm supposed to agree with Vin here. I'm like, yeah. It is... Yeah, I mean, it is... And we can talk about this more at the end, and I'm sure certainly as we get in the other books, like, you know, to a, a book that purportedly seems to be about, like, power... And perhaps, like, the miswielding of power and, like, what happens and, like, what is the human cost? Like, it is not particularly interested in that when, like, the bad guys are just doing what they have to do. It's no good, in my opinion. And we'll talk about it at the end, but this book, the resolution of the government of the final empire is insane to me that that's how they decide to to do it. To wrap it up. Yeah, and it's... Uh, well, we'll talk about it. Vin goes into the palace to kill the Lord Ruler. She gets captured. And this is another fun flourish, um, is the whole idea of, like, pewter dust, where she's, like, throwing dust in front of the uh, 
uh, in front of the Inquisitors. Why they're not doing that all the time to everyone, I don't quite understand. Yeah, and she also doesn't know that the reason... Okay, so the reason that he gets blinded is because he's burning that metal. Well, I think it's because he only... Like, the Inquisitors only see he, Yeah, but metal. she doesn't know... She does, not, she does know not know that. But it just works. I wonder if it's like a it's like a hunch, you know? There's, there's some things in yeah. here like, oh, we have a hunch that this is what the the Inquisitors she, are doing. She also has a hunch about how to kill the Lord Ruler, and I was like, there's no way you think it's just stab the ghost, right? I was like, there's no way I'm you so, think that's I'm so what glad it was, like, that's a good, like, oh, good, glad they're wrong. Like, that's fun. Yes. But, yeah. okay, so, anyway, whatever. Oh, yeah, sorry, that's after, that's later, my bad. Ben gets involved with a bunch of drama where the Steel Inquisitor is like, we're gonna prove to you that you're the illegitimate dad of the Pope, um, and then... He says yes, and the Lord Rule is like, all right, Inquisitors, you're in charge. I just think it's funny where the Inquisitors just, like, surround him and just start stabbing him repeatedly yeah. right there. Oh, wait, but wait, but wait. But before this, Finn gets captured. She uses the 11th medal and sees that the Lord Ruler is two cool br- uh, dudes. <laughs> Ooh, this is <laughs> a fun detail. That... I don't think this comes up. So I think she, she sees like the guy and the other dude is actually like the ghost of the inquisitor next to him oh is that what's going on yeah and it's never said which i think is kind of cool well then man just so he shows that he can do shit like that i know just do that especially the stuff with like the chondra like it's teased for the whole book and then like great reveal okay we didn't mention this before lord renew was a chondra they can eat bones form like a person and he did that with Kelsier after he died. This was part of the plan to spread hope to the Scott. Yeah, to appear to them in the mists and make them not afraid of the mists so they'll go out at night. And Vin is weirdly scream- squeamish about it. Yeah, she's... Uh, I mean, I kind of get it. It's like if your dead uh, dad showed up and he's like, I'm actually... A, and he like had like a dead expression because it's not really him. I actually thought that was cool well i wouldn't well I'd, I'd be creeped out but i wouldn't like hate the creature she like ends up hating oh, him true. yeah I she's like oh i'm not gonna talk to that guy after what he did You're like okay what do you, he didn't kill him and like that was part of the plan tells your what yeah this was the plan anyway so after all the inquisitor drama vin goes back in the cage say they bring in Sezed, and he got in by pretending to be weak through pharaoh Kemi, and then he gets super buff He's naked. Yeah, he's naked. No dick. And they make sure to mention it. They do. I was like, what the hell? She's like, oh, I don't want to look at him because he's naked. It's like, oh, well, he doesn't have any junk, so I can look. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think that's like such a, uh, I don't know. It's like a weird religious sort of sensibility that's like the only reason it's bad when somebody's naked is because of their genitalia. (laughs) Therefore, if they don't have it, it's fine to gaze upon a naked body. Well, and it's like, I have to say, for fantasy... This book is fine in terms of, like, you know, not over-sexualizing the main character. But, like, it, it does get kind of weird. We're like, Vin's in her underwear, and it's distracting spook. Vin's in her underwear a lot in this book. And always the first thing about her dress is, like, she liked how it made her tits huge. And her butt, <laughs> awesome. Like, I'm like, what? Like, she's 17. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't have as much as other fantasy books. But it, when it, because, it, because it's not... Because these books feel so asexual, when it, like, comes up, you're like, ah, what's this doing here? And it's, like, treated in a weird way. Vin says the word. She's like, did you ever have to go to sleep at night 
not wanting to be raped. And I was like, whoa! <laughs> I was like, whoa! This is, yeah, this is a YA novel, right? Yeah, I just don't understand. You can't decide. It really feels like they can't decide the target audience. I know. I think it's. I think part of it, too, is because it has sort of like a YA main character. That's why people feel that way. I, I think it's a mix. I think it's a mix of. I think it's trying to be like. I think it is adult fantasy, but I think it's YA main character who is a woman who is written okay with a Mormon sensibility of violence, <laughs> and I think those four things come together make it feel YA. Whereas I think any other writer writing the exact same stuff, it would not feel YA in the slightest. Yeah, sure. Save it saves her, and they run into Ellen, who came in to save her too. <laughs> and he's... Yeah, because they just let people into the palace, I guess. Yeah. Well, there's up. the there's the one guard who was like uh, was pretending to still be part of the guard, even though he was now on the side and of the the rebellion. And oh yeah, she mind controlled him to be a terrorist. You don't have to live in guilt anymore. And he's like, just drops and walks away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like man, fucking think. Ugh. Again, it's like uninterested in like you know incentives or why people like you know it's always like they're bad because they chose to do the final empire or like they're actually good because they're trying to feed their family like we also don't yeah. like the people people only have those two opinions <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's a very binary world that really desperately truly wants to be bl- oh, gray like yeah. morally gray i think it's and the more shades of gray that are attempted to be found, the more obvious binaries <laughs> there are. Yes, I agree. There's more than two options for everything. But now, oh, we find out that Reen did not betray Vin, which I had completely forgotten yeah, but he, about. But he still left. No, I think he got captured by the Inquisitors. That's what happened. Oh, is that what happened? That's what ha- That's what he says. Oh, okay. I thought he left and then got captured. I don't know why I thought that. But yeah, all right. He got captured. Uh, he still beat the shit out of her all the time. That does not redeem him at all. I don't get it. Um, again, it's trying to be morally gray, and instead it's like, like okay, I don't know, weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Yeah. He was okay at the end. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. But now the Vin- Lord Ruler and Vin have a big fight, and who comes in at the last moment but our boy Marsh, and he is a steel inquisitor. Yep. And turns out all you have to do to kill Inquisitors is press the off button. <laughs> it's going to rip their spike out in the middle of their back. Like, okay, so if metal is in you, can you not even sense it? Or can you just not use it? I don't think you can sense it. Well, this is implied that if you're powerful enough, like the Lord Ruler, like you no, can. I but I mean, like, if, if Kelsier, for example, a not very powerful Mistborn in comparison to the other. Yeah, I don't think you can sense it. I don't think you can even sense okay. it. Because I was going to say, nobody ever realized that the they're covered in spikes. But if you can't sense it, then. No, because then, like, because then, uh. When Seized comes in, you know, he, he like, swallowed the metal, and, like, the Steel Inquisitors didn't notice that. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I guess they make her eat the thing to make sure they don't have any metals. They can't just detect, like, how... Right. Yeah, all right, all right, all right, all right. Oh, and yes, and there's... We find out there's a metal that if you eat it and burn it, it cancels out all other metals. Um, Marsh comes in, and he thinks that... Well, and then I, I think the moment is great where it's, like... Uh, Lord Rule's like, Inquisitors, come help me. And it just hard cut to like the spikes in the corner from all the other Inquisitors that marched yeah, in. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's like the 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 omnipotent voice like pans the camera yeah. to the left and there's just a file of spikes. And then and then it cuts back to Lord Ruler's shocked face, like 
<laughs> yeah, what? And I imagine like one spike still like sort of spinning as it like settles yeah, like down. If he just yeah, dropped yeah, yeah. it down. <laughs> um, and Marsh thinks the Lord Ruler has a spike and he does not. Yeah, that's funny. He runs up and just like gets him naked and I was like, what the <laughs> hell is this guy doing? And Vin thinks if he kills the goat, if she kills the ghost, then she kills the Yeah, that's dumb thing. as hell. And no, obviously that's not, that's not how it works. That doesn't happen. She's like, wait a minute, but I could touch myself as a ghost. And it's like, yeah, it's because it's you. She's stunned that it didn't work. And I knew, I just, ugh. Finn is always so stunned by things she doesn't understand, even though it's, she constantly has to be reminded there's things she doesn't understand. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know if that's like a, a Vin thing or a very realistic 17-year-old girl thing. And I don't know. Yeah. Well, whatever it is, I don't like reading about it. Vin, after the Lord Ruler gets naked with Marsh, <laughs> Vin realizes the Lord Ruler uh, has these bracelets on and she makes the connection like, oh, he uses ferrochemy to stay alive. But she's out of metals. So she draws upon the mists and rips off the the bracelets and sends them flying. The Lord Ruler tries to chase after them and he ages super fast like Indiana Jones. Yeah, he really does. And he's crawling pitifully towards the window that they have been shot out of. And he's like, you've doomed, don't you understand what you've done? You've doomed us all. And then he dies. And that's the Lord Ruler. And that's the Lord Ruler. Ter- oh yeah, that, um, okay, so. Well, and then the epilogue, they spent half of it talking about how does the Lord Ruler actually work based on. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Oh my god, I couldn't believe it. The whole <laughs> epilogue's a tutorial. I was like, no, but what better way to end it? Maybe a book? he was burning the... You know, I, the, the other thing is, like, Shut I up. understood the first time reading. One sentence. Oh, he was using Farrakhan and Alamancy together to burn metals and refill his... Th- like, there was, like, two pages where they went, like, but then how would... So he was, and I'm like, I got it in one yeah, sentence. We got man. it. We figured it out. Yeah. And it's also not... I don't care. Like, that's not the interesting part of the book. And, yeah, I don't know. Because, like, Vin figured it out, right? That's why she killed him, basically. Yeah. Like, that's all that... He's dead. And also, they're, like, so stunned. Like, he's the guy who invented Alamancy. Why are we all so shocked that he can do it? Like, they oh, it's just so fucking stupid, man. Like, obviously, he can do both because he could do one, and then he discovered the other one. Yeah, like well, and obviously. Yeah, well, I think it comes to the you know the the that whole like I wonder if it's trying to write like a blind spot where like oh the Lord Ruler's like the God so like he's different but then it turns out he's not different you know he's just still following the same rules of the magic system. Yeah, he just has both, which I guess is I don't maybe is interesting to someone. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's out there. If you thought this was interesting, hit us up because uh, I thought it was dumb I mean, as hell. I mean, I thought it was. I thought it was cool because you're like, oh, he just he was juicing both of them, and we learned about it like in a in a satisfying plot way. Like I I like. Oh sure, yeah, well yeah, but man, not in a uh, like we. I got that from the scene. Yeah, exactly. But no, but they have to talk. They have to do a post tutorial to make sure you understood. Yeah, yeah, it's a po- it's the worst Marvel post credit scene I've ever seen. It's like if they did the post credit scene. And then Iron Man, somebody was like, hey, uh, and what did you build your suit out of, actually? It's like, I don't care. <laughs> Let me walk you through the plans of my, yeah. uh, my suit. Um, and so they're thinking about, like, oh, the Lord Ruler's last words were kind of concerning. I wonder what that's all about. Yeah, I wonder. 
There's only two other books. Well, Ellen's in charge now. Yeah, he's the king. They're like, this this theocracy isn't good. Why don't we make it a monarchy? With one of the old noblemen in charge, which I sort of understand, like, and this is the other thing too, where it's like, I understand where like, I guess someone has to be in charge and like, I guess it would make sense. Like, but you know, it's not satisfying or interesting. No, and it's just insane. It's like so obvious to me that brandon sanderson is such like a middle of the road guy on politics like this is also not good and will foster some of the same kind of shit that was happening under the theocracy like the reason the final empire was bad isn't just because he's magic (laughs) well isn't and not just because he had a theocracy or he was you know he was in charge you know it's not, not just just because Ellen's read of some books doesn't mean it's gonna you're totally off the hook for some yeah for like the implications of everything. Two months ago, he just found out that the slaves could think like people, and we put him in charge. <laughs> but that's a big deal. That's a big deal, apparently, in this world. Oh, it's so stupid, man. And also, there there's like it's just Luthadel. Like the Empire is still around, but the book ends in a hug. Vin goes and hugs Ellen. They don't even kiss. Yeah, and this was what Shvin wanted all along. The big old hug. And then there's a bunch of uh, shit in the back of the book about, like, here's the magic. Just keep that shit in the back and don't <laughs> put it in the fucking book if you're just going to put a glossary for everything in the back. As as uh, as Ham had explained to Vin, a thug is someone who burns pewter and therefore can become super strong. I was so happy to be done you know what the weird a weird feeling after finishing mistborn is and I've, I've never felt under uh reading any other book was like i i it's it just felt like i was doing a task and had completed it i felt that way too and the first the first time because this is my reread like the first time i it was sort of my before i went to bed at night book and I just did that until I was done. And it was fine. And like, I, you know, I got to the end, I'm like, ooh, this was enjoyable. I wonder what's going to happen next. And then sort of, you know, you find out that fantasy can do more than just like cool plot, cool magic. Wow, that was fun. Well, even the other fucking Brandon Zet, The Way of Kings is so much better than this. It's insane. And I still don't think The Way of Kings is all that good. But the quality is crazy to well me. so i think it's you know way of kings is you know what you know, this is what's crazy to me this is his second book right right atlantris is the first one yeah and so he had been approached at some point or his publisher was publisher was approached by you know robert the robert jordan's estate robert jordan's wife to be like oh you know they were shopping around like oh who's gonna finish the wheel of time right and apparently uh the wife had like asked for a book and he's like oh you know you you don't want to give them your first book because people's first books tends to be okay. So like, oh, you can make a judgment based on the second book. So he gave, I think, the editor or whatever, he, she read Mistborn. And I was like, okay, well, I'll let you finish The Wheel of Time. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. The Wheel of Time must be so shitty then. I think I think the fans are happy with it, you know, the ending of Wheel of Time because he finished it. But I, I wonder if that was part of it. Like he had to do the wheel of time and then oh. he did way of kings so i wonder if there was yeah. a little bit more development there or something they feel very different you know and and we will talk about the stormlight archive on this podcast eventually um 
but they and I've just read The Way of King. I think I've said that before, but just in case, um, you know, it, they just feel so different. The Way of Kings feels like a a baseball game, and Mistborn feels like t-ball practice. <laughs> like I, I just don't, I don't see the appeal of this book, and it's and. At the beginning of this, I said I didn't think it was bad. At the end of this, I do think that it's really? bad. I think okay. that the book is not very good. Uh, Interesting. And I and I would never... If somebody's like, hey, I've never read fantasy before, where should I start? Yeah, that's never crazy. Never in a billion years would I say read this book because it's going to put you off of this stuff forever. Well, I read... So I read Way of Kings first before I read this. And I really, really liked Way of Kings. Yeah. And then I think I I was reading this and I'm like, oh, more cool stuff that sort of feels the same, but is different. And that's sort of how I feel about it. Yeah. I just, um, I didn't take, it's like eating McDonald's, you know, there's no, yeah. I don't feel good. Some, some of it tastes good, but everyone, you know, you look at the bag and the smell stays in your car <laughs> and it's just like, oh, what did so, I, I think what did something I, do? I feel about this book is I was listening to the, the Marlon James podcast uh, yeah, Marlon Jake read Dead People, and he was you talking check about it out, listener. If you haven't listened to it, it's great. He was talking about some. I think he was talking about Stoner by John Williams, where yeah. people were like talking about like, oh, this is the great unsung classic. And he's like, you know, that's that was, that book's like a one night stand. You know, a fun time was had by all, but yeah. like, you know, it's it's not more than that. You know, and that's yeah. sort of. That I've had that thought rattling around in my head as I go through this, went through this book. You're like, it was fine. It was fun. Some parts were boring. I uh, yeah. So let's uh, you know, let's talk about the book as a whole. And I also, I also do want to clarify, like before we jump in, I know we've we've talked about like our approach to like books and fiction and genre fiction and stuff is sort of my my philosophy is like. I want to think about all books on sort of like the same level or all the same stories on the same level. Cause I think a lot of fantasy is like graded on a curve. And so like when people say like this book is really good, I'm like, Oh, maybe it's good for fantasy, you know? And I yeah. like, I, I don't like that. Um, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That mentality. And then on the opposite side, I feel like, you know, some literary fiction, some really boring, dumb shit gets, like, put on a pedestal and people think it's good. You're like, no, this is not exact. I'd rather be reading Mistborn because <laughs> yeah. it's cool, yeah. you know. So I think something that we both value is sort of trying to criticize and talk about things on the same level. Yeah, certainly. Certainly. Um, okay, so I think that the, you know... Uh, I, I, a professor once told me that when describing a theme, you should never just say like, oh, the theme of this is war. One word. Or, yeah, one word. Um, if you're listening to this, if you've done college English courses, I'm sure you've heard that before too. That being said, the theme of Mistborn is betrayal. <laughs> uh, well, I would also say like if we're wrapping up to like faith you know like the sort of like the trust betrayal faith yeah. religion thing you know yeah it's the whole uh you know belief jesus was betrayed by uh <laughs> you know I didn't even think about that. By, or by a judas uh-huh 
think of think of all your favorite religious figures were some of them were led into decisions they're interesting stories right like religion started out as stories um and stories have to be interesting and this book is about the beginning of a religion it's just that like okay so imagine if you if the bible was a book that wasn't a collection of stories with morals but rather a 600 page tutorial about how he can turn water into wine now the people someone has to do i'm i'm thinking about that someone's like go through the bible oh this is a great idea okay whoever's listening to this don't steal this someone has to go through the bible and invent a magic system where everything in the bible can happen under a coherent hard magic system yeah i'm gonna write that down that's really funny that's what uh like this book we are the people who are all like we are the ska who see kelsier as a religious figure similar like how if you believe it if you're a christian you see jesus as a religious figure i'm sure you would not see it favorably if you were there or if you were reading a book about the specifics um that doesn't mean that the book doesn't have to be interesting in its own right. It's just that this book isn't very interesting because the story about that religion being founded, I think, is it's just a fucking book. Of, I, there's so it's, nothing it's just sp- stuff that happens. It's just a book about stuff that happened. It's just waiting for the train. And that's what I was thinking, too. Is like I remember my first reread through the book. Or my first read through the book was very much like, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And now, like, reading it, rereading it. I'm reading it like I sort of know what's going to happen. So what is this book even about? And like I had to really be like I don't know, like besides what happens, I don't know. And I I think it does to your point. Like I think it does have a take on like religion and like this is how religion start or like, you know, con- compare and contrast like, you know, belief in the Lord ruler because he's powerful versus like belief in Kelsier now after he's dead or something like there's there's I think there's stuff going on there it might be uh edgy for a Mormon to be like well what if religion was just yeah. some guy who like made a name for himself like, oh, that's not that's not an interesting take to me yeah I mean and it's just it's just interesting to like Joseph Smith of the Mormon religion lied he found the plates in his backyard and it's very funny for Brandon Sanderson, a Mormon, to write a book about a liar who started a religion about himself. Well, I think, I mean, and I think I give credit to him. I think that is what he is trying to explore. Like, I think, like, if this book is at any point reflection of the author, like, it's, I don't think it's bit about metal magic. I don't think no. it's about, you know. <laughs> You'd be fooled. You would, <laughs> I would not blame you if you thought that's what it was about. But I don't, that's and not I don't it's think about. it's about, uh, you know, the relationship of like power and class in a human no, society. Not about that. I think it, it thinks it is at points. Yeah. Or like it does the the bare minimum to be because it's there. But I think it yeah. is like at baseline, like if it's a some sort of Sanderson self expression, it's like, oh, he's also had these questions and ideas about this religion oh, sure, specifically yeah. with you know, Mormonism. Which I think is interesting on that level. Too bad it's too bad that there's not a lot of that in the book and it's there's there's a lot of other stuff in the book like it'd be cool if like you know 
that was brought out more, but you know, that means we won't have all these cool tutorials. Yeah. It's weird, you know, that you say that. There's so much of this book that is about literally a character talking about religion to the reader. Yeah. I mean, he says it is talking to Vin or he's talking to Kelsier, but they don't have to he's talking to you, the reader, yeah. because like this is what Brandon Sanderson thinks about religion. And it's just there were this we talked about this a lot last episode. There, there's so many moments in this book where it appears like he wants to write a better novel. Yeah, and and I don't I don't mean that in a I mean that's obviously that's derogatory, but I guess I mean more like he wants to write a novel that has more interesting, uh, real world ideas, an in opinion it. or like yes. a take on something. Yeah. that like matters. Yeah, you on, know? on anything at all, please. <laughs> that's not like a really weird like. Well, maybe not all the no. Like it's bizarre to me. At the end of the book, the characters come to the conclusion that, okay, the nobility should probably stay. Like I don't <laughs> think that that's that's that is an insane way that that this book wraps up is that they don't do like a democracy. It's or that, that everyone like agrees or and you know the future books are partially about that, but you know I don't. I mean I don't want to. One, spoil anything, and two, like, go have you go into books like preconceptions. Yeah. But, like, I think it is, you know, about that partially. And I think it treats it more. I'll be honest, I don't remember a lot of the next two books besides, like, major plot reveals. So it'll be interesting how I feel about, you know, characters and, like, treatment of these themes as we go through. And I think the religion part of it definitely continues to be a part of it and you say like I, I i don't know this for a fact but i'm sure that the next two books very little of it will be about the like well maybe a lot of it will be about the new kingdom and society but it still won't be very opinionated and most of it will be about the deepness <laughs> and about the this evil force that is corrupting the land which i just don't care at all about because it's not that idea does not excite me. What excites me is this kingdom falling apart, um, which I hope is what happens. But based on what I see here, man, I really doubt it. And how they keep it together. Yeah, exactly. Because I feel like I'm, as a reader, I'm supposed to be happy that Elland is the king. I, I am not. That's crazy to me that they make the decision yeah. at the end. And I've read... Uh, I mean, instantly when the book was over, I was like, how do people feel about this ending? And I don't think I'm the only person who thinks it's really weird that they just put the nobility back in charge. But, like, that's that's not how this book ends. Well, and that's, like, the other thing, too, is I think, you know, going back to this is Brandon Sanderson's second novel. And I think, like, it is a rich world with a lot of, like, these possibilities. And it just seems like, you know, he's going full tilt trying to do this magic system where like any other considerations like magic system and plot and like any other considerations that go into like a novel or sort of left by the wayside or like treated as like boxes to check or like oh yeah i guess if this happens then this might be the logical conclusion okay that's fine i have to worry about how the lord how exactly the lord ruler was using pharaoh chemi and Alamancy together to stay alive but yeah it's just yeah i don't know i don't know i i would have never i would have never finished this book were it not for this podcast 
and I and I would have never read the second one were it not for this podcast. I would have looked up what happens. I mean... We will be reading them. Yeah, we will be reading them. And I'm excited to figure out what we find. I don't remember a lot about what happens, how I felt when I was reading it. From my, like, emotional memory, it doesn't strike me as exactly like this one. Well, that's good, because I didn't like this very much. <laughs> And I think, and I think it's better. I think that it's better. Okay. And I would definitely say, if you like books, it is worth it for the grand finale of the third one. Because that's an, that's interesting that you say that. Because I looked that up. I I was like uh, on Reddit because I know I just typed Reddit after the sentence because I knew somebody would have asked this already. I was like, I didn't like the first book. Are the other two better? And somebody asked that essential essentially the same question and they were like no the first book is the best like that's what people think which is nuts to me but that response makes me think that i will like the other two more because i didn't like this one i mean possibly i think it it could be you know like we're talking about like the amnesia of the last part is because like i'm not to him like damn that was a wild ride like the last hundred pages yeah but there's a i guarantee goddamn you there's gonna be a new magic system that i gotta learn and it's, I don't remember, because people say the second one is a can be a bit of a slog in the middle. And I think that's, oh, because, no. that's because character stuff is happening. Like, I've, uh. I strongly remember, like, there's a lot of character stuff happening. I don't remember, like, the quality of it or, like, if it's actually <laughs> subtle or interesting. I think, I think it is more, much more so than this one. That is, my, that is sort of my vague memory of that. That's good. I feel like... Uh... I know. Unfortunately, I'll just come clean about this. I am aware of another love interest being introduced. I don't know their name. I don't know anything about them. I don't know their gender. I don't know. I I don't know. But I I think I know that they're dark and edgy. They're no Ellen. Oh, oh, that's right. I forgot. Okay. I'm like, who are you talking about? And that makes me... I would... Okay, so... If that is the direction of this book, if the next book... I don't think Brandon Sanderson is very good at writing characters. That being said, I love the ball scenes in this book. And that's all that is. Because I think it's just like pop, very popcorn-like. And it's and it's like the politicking part of it, too. Yeah. Which is f- yeah. interesting. So if that's what a, the character stuff that people find boring is, um, I kind of look forward to that. Because at least something's happening, and at least I don't give a fuck about allomancy so (laughs) if i know pretty much everything i don't think there's 10 extra metals hiding if there are i think i'm just gonna skip i'm just read the i'll be like what are that what is this can somebody else explain this to me in a youtube video and i think another part of something this book suffers from too is like it is originally like a concept novel like his whole now we can like talk about this if you have read the book his whole idea is like oh what if like you know, the chosen one, they had a world happened where like the wrong person was the chosen one, you know, like it wasn't the guy in the journal. It was the the angry Pac-Man became, got all the, I can't say that without thinking of, or the yellow guy, <laughs> <laughs> the video game. <laughs> but like, oh, what would happen if like this, this random kind of angry dude got a bunch of power. What sort of world would that be like? And then like adding to that, the whole heist novel, adding to that, the whole start of a Jesus religion, adding to that, the whole like betrayal thing, adding to that, all the allomancy, you know, it's it's too much. 
adding to that like court intrigue uh so it's it is a lot and i think that's why a lot of it feels surface level here we don't need okay so that as an idea is i don't think it's wholly original but i think it's it's cool like oh oh shit like it's essentially what if frodo failed yeah and then like sauron is in charge it's not exactly like that because people think that Sa- then people would need to think that Sauron was good to begin with. It does. It's not perfect, but the bad guys won, and the good guys think that the they're like, "What happened?" Like that's the mystery. So, God, there's just so much in my brain right now. Fucking, this book destroyed me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm, I feel like oh, I'm getting soothed. I can't think, think straight. And I would also think I'd be guilty of being like, "Oh, you like fantasies? Try Mistborn." I think people think about that because, oh, here's a magic system that is takes you by the hand. Like, that train is not leaving the station without you, honey. Like, that, that is what this book is. And I think, you know, some people need that and some people uh, do not. Another thing to add to, like, the pot is that I think it is trying to be a standalone novel and also trying to be the first one in a series. And I think he, oh, didn't, he didn't. He probably didn't know. And he probably didn't know like when he started or had the idea and like he never i think he'd also never written a series before like his last novel was a standalone one so it's like oh how do you do this sort of it's doing a lot a lot of things at once yeah you know what you said about the way of kings you're probably right that he learned a lot of that on uh the wheel of time because the way of kings feels like this in in uh, mistborn nothing happens and then in the last 30 pages everything happens yeah. <laughs> and in the way of kings stuff is happening the whole time it's not just in the last 30 pages like the thing i remember most about the way of kings is not the fight at the end of the book like that is not i am much more interested in like oh what is what is she reading about at the she's like a spy at this weird place and there's this other guy who's sad i mean hey brandon sanderson loves a scraggly cave where people die i don't know what's going on with that (laughs) that seems to be a recurring theme in his work uh but this book does you're right like this does not feel like planting the seeds of a series it just but it but it all but it also does yeah it's 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 super weird to talk if you haven't read the book and you've just listened to us talk about it i think if you listened to all the episodes of this and you found yourself being like oh wow that doesn't sound very good it is fascinating like i still think you should read this book because it is fascinating to me like what is being attempted here and yeah. it's really popular, so like mm-hmm. I must be an outlier, but I really feel like I'm not. I don't know. It's or, weird. Or you know, part of it is too is like you know the people it's for. Uh, read it, enjoy it, and finish it, and talk about it. And the people it's not for, you know, don't get past the first half. Like you, you're like you were That's saying, true. like if we I, don't yeah. read, <laughs> if we weren't here to talk about it, you wouldn't have finished it. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't have. I think I would. My honest recommendation, like, is if if you like fantasy and been around the block, you know, the it may be a little overhyped, but I think it's still uh, it has its value. It's if if not for being part of a trilogy in an extended universe, like if you like that part of it too, like especially if you're into Stormlight stuff, like you'll you'll like this. And part of the reason probably I liked it so much the first time I read it is like I had read 
all of the currently available Stormlight books, which is one through four. And then I'm like, ooh, more Cosmere stuff. And I sort of see how this connects and that and all that stuff. That's, yeah. If my recommendation for this book, if the last book you read was The Deathly Hallows or Percy Jackson or Artemis Fowl, this is the perfect, like, yes. yep, yep, next yep, yep. book. Yep. And then you start getting into like, or contrary to that, like if you are if that was like the last book you read, and maybe like you were reading in like middle school and high school, and you sort of fallen off the wagon, yeah. and like that's sort of you you remember really loving those books, and you kind of want to try something new and interesting that like from an author that's currently still putting stuff out, and will put more stuff out. You know, I think that is a great recommendation. If you've read those, if you like like those kind of books when you were younger maybe and you're coming back to it as an adult maybe and you don't have a solid reading habit or you know yeah because don't because don't get excited and and shoot for the shoot for the moon like don't don't read fuck don't if the last books you read you like you were in eighth grade ninth grade and you just finished the last harry potter novel or whatever i probably wouldn't read dune right away yeah uh, i tried reading dune in high school i don't understand what the fuck was going on yeah exactly <laughs> so just just i think this is a really good uh, way to sort of get into the way these kinds of books are being written now even yeah. though I think other authors are doing them a lot better but you need a baseline like this to appreciate other stuff I feel and the, I like what you say about bridging the gap because I think that's like also too like if you're coming from um, I don't like Wheel of Time starting in the 90s you know uh, people talk about like and uh, Song of Ice and Fire too people talk about like the 90s as when like okay this is sort of like the p- officially like post-Tolkien epic fantasy um yes. but still sort of you know western european based uh fan like there's knights with swords on horses and castles yeah. and you know this is sort of a good indicator of like no people are like authors are just making up full other worlds that have almost nothing to do with you know western europe medieval times um, yeah, 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 for sure. And like, I guess if you're not used to that, you know, that can be jarring. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Because this, I would also, you know, the somebody once suggested to me, I was I was working at Barnes and Noble at the time, and you know, I was reading. I'm a, I guess, I don't know if I've ever said this. I am a science fiction guy, uh, more than a fantasy guy. I've read uh, fantasy books, uh, you know, a lot. Um, but my preference would probably be for science. I mean, when I say preference, I mean, like, if you were going to kill me and I had to make a decision, I would choose science fiction. So <clears throat> I, when I was working at Barnes & Noble, I was working my way through uh, some Vonnegut. And uh, Vonnegut is not purely science fiction, but... Uh, and Philip K. Dick and uh, Jeff Noon. And I was like, oh, you know, it's been a while since I've read a book about swords and whatever. And I was like, man, the Way of Kings, man, that cover is fucking sweet. And I would walk by it all the time in the fantasy section and be like, oh, one of these days. And I was talking to a coworker of mine, and I was like, hey, because she was a big nerd. And I mean that in a loving way. She was great. Uh, and I was like, hey, you are you like fantasy books. Which one would you suggest? And she was like, oh, I wouldn't start with the Way of Kings. 
if you've never read Brandon Sanderson, you got to start with Mistborn. Um, having read both of those books, if you are a well-read person, you can just start with The Way of Kings. I, and I think that's a great recommendation. Like, if you are, you know, if you've, I don't know, if you've read, like, you know, 1984... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or like, like high school, or like crime reading. and punishment, or something. Like you can handle Way of Kings. Like that was my first entrance to the Brandon Sanderson thing, and that's what got me hooked. Like I don't, I don't know if I would have been hooked if I did Mistborn. I would have been like, oh, that's kind of cool and interesting, but I may, maybe I would have moved on. But I really liked Way of Kings, and so to to contrast with you, like I'm a really big fantasy guy. Like I love fantasy. Like I I'll have a baseline. I like fantasy and I'm less so less well-read and inclined towards the science fiction part. So once you start reading some sci-fi, that should be uh, pretty fun. Oh yeah. 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 We got some stuff coming down the horn and there's, you know, I got to tell you, man, if you listen to this podcast and you're like, I'm not a fantasy guy, we'll get to some sci-fi. But if, if you don't read any books and you just kind of stumbled upon this podcast, you know, God bless you. But if you're like, man, these books sound kind of boring. Hey, I promise you. Sci-fi doesn't get a whole lot. Just because there's spaceships does not mean interesting <laughs> stuff is happening on those spaceships, man. I tell you what, stuff. <laughs> a lot of a lot of sitting around talking about philosophy, but in a uh, interesting <laughs> way, not in a Hammond wonders if slaves are the bad guys kind of way. <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts on Mistborn: The Final Empire before we move on to uh, the next book? Is the Well of Ascension? You know, I would love to talk to Brandon Sanderson um, just about this book in particular. He is an enigma to me as a human being. I saw an interview <laughs> with him where he said he went to go see... It's like one of these TikTok interviews where he can't stop signing books to for three seconds to do a TikTok clip. Well, that's the only time he does interviews is it's always like... Oh, or it's always signing or books. He has like, yeah, he has like streams where like people ask him questions oh. and he just signs books all the time because like, he thinks it's like dead time if he's doing something else, you know. He, sometimes he signs books like during his podcast, I think, too. I know a lot about Brandon Sanderson, which is very, which is very weird to me. Like, where did I get all this knowledge? <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I've never seen you and Brandon Sanderson in the same room together. Mm. I just, that's mm-hmm. weird. Anyway, uh, he was saying that he saw, he was like, I didn't like Rogue One, the Star Wars movie, and I was like, oh, this is interesting because this is what I'm. In, I'm slogging through Mistborn, and I see this clip of him saying that. And I'm like, oh shit. I was like, I didn't really like Rogue One either because I thought that the characters were kind of shitty and it was really boring. Um, and I love Star Wars, throwing that out there. Uh, ending of Rogue One is great. Anyway, uh, he was like, yeah, some some guy gets killed in the beginning and it completely put me off the movie. And I was like, you are a child. <laughs> like, that is the that is not why Rogue One is not good. And I, and I kept reading this book thinking, like, this is a guy... And I don't know this for certain. And I talked about this in the previous episode. I imagine Brandon Sanderson was a pretty sheltered guy. And I think this book is what happens when a sheltered man who grew up... Growing up sheltered in a zany religion. (laughs) This feels like exact exactly the kind of book by exactly the kind of author that Brandon Sanderson is. I don't mean that as a diss... And if that sounds like something you're into, then I would definitely pick up Mistborn because it's got some ideas. But I don't think Brandon Sanderson has the worldly knowledge enough 
to make those ideas super interesting yet. He wrote this book in 2006. He's doing different stuff now. And I think, I mean, I've watched some, I watched some of his like lectures and thoughts and I think he is, uh, because he's like gone back and he's, he's trying to get Mistborn made into a movie or whatever, he's like writing the screenplay. I think he is very aware of some of its issues to the extent that you can publicly be without undermining your own uh, work and book sales. Yeah, he's not doing a JK race. He's not post like, Vin is actually gay and she's actually black. <laughs> <laughs> she's not doing that. Yeah, this book has some has some weird shortcomings and I think that just comes from, he's oh, he's got a weird life, man. He's a f- famous fantasy author and he's part of a famously like insular sort of religion. It's weird. And this is before he was famous. Like he was still like, you know, this is not, yeah. I think really what made him famous was everything that came after this, which was like, you know, uh, Wheel of Time, and then and this was like 18 years ago or whatever. Like I couldn't believe that. Oh, that makes sense then. Because I couldn't believe that this is the book that made him famous. I refuse to believe that. It's not. I don't think it is. Okay. All right. That's good to know. It's good to know I'm not crazy. I think it's the book that people recommend. And I think people only recommend it because it's shorter than Way of Kings. Which I think is a dumb reason to recommend a book. But I guess, you know, you have to know who you're recommending it to. All right. Uh, Danilo, what do you think about Mistborn? Rereading it. Would you say that... Uh, to somebody listening to this who maybe read it, you read it like what five years ago or so? It was only it was only like two years ago. Oh, okay, so s- somebody in the same time, well, two to five years or whatever, was the last time they read this book. Would you suggest they reread it? Maybe they get something new out of it. Or I don't think you ever have to reread this book. Oh, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> having read the whole trilogy, I went through this book. I did not really get anything new from it. I guess I had a new appreciation of like, oh, those ballroom scenes are fun. Oh, I kind of like Ellen more, I guess, you know, like those sorts of things. But like, you know, I don't know if it's worth for just like a plot brush up because, you know, you can, you can read, you can just read a summary online and you'll, you'll, you'll kind of get it. And it's not like, and there weren't any, you know, moments that I was like, wow, you know, like revisiting a big emotional moment or something, you know. A lot of the plot twists, you know, like we talked about last time, felt like clinical. And even like rereading them, I'm like, oh, well, this is, oh, yeah, I remember this happened. Like, that's crazy. Like, what's going to happen? You know, I still had that, like, even though I knew it was going to happen, like that animal instinct to a plot twist. Um, But some of the, and those were the only ones I didn't remember. Like the ones I did remember. I'm like, yeah, that that happens. Like when Kelsier dies, I'm like, yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. You did not, we're not, did not have a... uh visceral reaction you're just like yeah it's not like you're i'm not like reliving it it's very like i'm watching the train go by and like i've been on that train before yeah yeah yeah. i'm sure it's fun yeah trains are cool man and with that we bid you adieu and we'll see you next time reading the well of ascension book two of Mistborn. and who wrote it oh uh uh brandon sanderson oh no way he's the same guy wrote all three same guy he wrote oh, all three. No, I thought it was a different guy. Like, different guys directed the Marvel movies. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs>